0: Hello and welcome to Hypergrowth, the podcast that's dedicated to unpacking what it takes to be a rapidly scalable e-commerce brand. Joining me today is Eric Christensen, founder of Just Uno. Eric's a serial entrepreneur. He's been in the e-commerce space for well over a decade, and he's got a lot of knowledge to share with you guys today. Eric, welcome.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, Arjun. Glad to speak with everyone today.
0: Yeah, it's it's great to have you. Thanks for carving out some time. And you know, I think you've got such an interesting story, Eric. So. I'd love to start with just your your founder story. I know you've been in e-commerce for a long time. You've been in the snowboard space, you've been in the the bedding space. Uh, you've been in the SaaS space. So I want to understand just a little bit about your background. Let let's start with the e-commerce brands that you were a part of in the early days that you started, that you founded that ended up getting acquired. How about we how about we kick off there with a little bit of your background on that front?
1: Yeah, uh you know, background Flows from retail, e-commerce to SaaS and entrepreneurial and all the way through, you know, right out of uh, out of college, even in college. I dropped out of college actually for a bit to run a, a web web design company. Um, and then that carried through post-college. I actually had spent some time with a brick and mortar company um, in 2000 and then 2005 jumped into to e-commerce. Uh, with was dot scaled that one up rapidly, and then two thousand ten to present, focusing on on just you know, with a, a few companies in between, of course, because you can't just build one at a time. But yeah, we picked our we picked our winners, is what we did. If
0: if you build one at a time, you're not living true to the entrepreneurial ADD syndrome <laughs> that many entrepreneurs have. But <laughs> so Sierra Snowboard went when you were part of that that company, I believe they got acquired by was it Active? Yeah active, active riders. Court, court, court. Yeah. Yeah. So, so with that business, um, 2005 to 2010, how much did it grow when you were there? What were, um, you know, the key attributes in terms of what grew that business would love to get your thoughts because look, that's a long time ago in the, in the, in the years of e-commerce, but at the same time, you kind of have to look back to look forward to really map out the future. So would love to just understand what your strategies were back then. Yeah, I know. It's funny. We've been reflecting
1: on. The- back a lot lately as we we look at 2023 and and trends and you know as we look at what made sierra snowboard successful we've actually it's i've I've had some great insights lately and a lot of it relates to justuno too because justuno is a spawn of sierra snowboard so sierra we you know we went from you know in five years we went from zero to 20 million in sales in online sales it was rapid growth every, you know, every month, every year. It was an insane time. We were in the trenches every day. And and this is before Shopify, you know, before any platform works. So a lot of what we built, we built in-house because any you know, we were working with Radiant Systems, they're a big POS company, and they bought Counterpoint, a Memphis-based company. Like I went to Memphis for training, like in 2005. <laughs> and what we quickly found is that their shared code base didn't work for us it took too long and it was too expensive to update so we brought it in house so we can move fast and and when we moved fast what we did is as we're re- reflecting back now we were just so customer centric we were so hyper focused on on our customers and it was easy because we were snowboarders and so we ended up building this entire like this machine that was just Feeding itself when it came to, to helping us grow, and that you know as I look at you know who today is crushing it, you know Amazon, you know Jeff Bezos focus, you know being customer obsessed, he's focused on price, selection, and service. It hasn't changed as we look at retail, like old school retail, the art of retail. It's same thing when you look at the successful companies, and we've been thinking, looking through this as well as like. You know, look at Zappos, you know, so focused on customer six, you know, the service. Nordstrom is the traditional one. So what allowed us to succeed at Sierra is we really we we we've built this customer experience that led to higher sales conversions, retention, and uh, leads. Does that summary make sense?
0: Yeah, no, it it does, and I mean, I, I think it's 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 a really valid point that a lot of brands nowadays forget because with with you know as you mentioned back then it was before Shopify it was before platforms now you know a lot of brands obsess about the return on ad spend and um, you know the the margin aspect of what they're doing to, from a customer acquisition aspect, but what about taking care of the customers that you've got? What about you know, um, the, the aspect of delighting your customers, right? There's that surprise and delight feel that, that is, is, it feels like it's kind of getting lost in the, in the, in the um, new way of doing direct consumer. But, I, I, you know, I'd, I'd love to unpack that a little further. Like, you know, it sounds like you did that back then and you're bringing those principles forward. So how do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, you know, we were, as I've been, you know, over the holidays, I spent a lot of time thinking about this stuff, and in how we're running Justino as well. The Justino was spawned because we recognized that visitors were were hungry for coupon codes. It was back when Google would show you the the search terms, and yep. we saw that serious Snowboard coupon code was a top search. So we ranked up our community pages. We had a forum of we had like a true social commerce platform that we built, connecting our forum software with our cart software so all of our community members. And I say community members is when we started, just, you know, this is back when forums were big.
0: Was that V Bulletin? Were you using the... Yeah, V Bulletin. Oh, yeah. I don't
1: they remember those. <laughs> and uh, we, we uh, Burton Snowboards and, and then Snowboard.com were these online communities. And our customers were on there, our potential customers were on there asking what size snowboard they should get. So I recognize this. Where are your customers? That's where they are. We were going in there providing expert advice and then they would naturally come to us to buy. So we built our own forum community. And through that, we had all this da- this connection and data with our customers. Then we tied those two softwares together. So our review software was pulling from our customer community profiles. We, we meshed it all together. And, and that's why I love what Okendo's doing right now with reviews. They're really bringing out, pulling in like, who is this person reviewing this? So you... The consumer is like, oh, I trust them because they, I I get who they are type thing. Um, So we, we recognized this and we saw that um, those consumers had an eight to 11% sales conversion rate that had left, Googled Sears Snowboard Coupon, found our page and came in. What was happening at that time was coupon hunting. And we have the same problem today in a sense that e-commerce managers or the organization refuses to accept what a customer wants today and why they want that. You know so for 12 years we battled with you know educating the market on why coupons are important how to properly leverage them and why you know pop-ups are are not a bad thing and how do you leverage them better. So coupon honey you know retailers refused to accept that they were going to retail me not and looking for coupons had finding coupons that were inactive, bad experience, maybe finding a competitors, coupon. You know, why not present that to them at the right point during the shopping experience and you'll get a higher conversion rate? Fast forward to today. And then retailing knots faded. Honey came in. Um, honey's probably one of the worst things for retailers um right now. And then where are we today? My new uh coupon hunting issue today is. Retailers not accepting the fact that their consumers are shopping their website and saying, great, I'm now going to go to Amazon and buy it there because I know I'm going to get fast free shipping. I'm going to get I'm going to get the service side of things. And when we talk about the customer experience. Amazon, we have to accept and love what they've done. There's a reason why they own 60 percent plus of of e-commerce right now. With that, what can you do as a business to replicate that experience on your site so that you win the love of your customer?
0: Yeah, I think it's it, it comes down to that personalized web experience, right? And yeah, know, when we when we think about 2023 and 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 what's ahead, it's um it's gonna be important for brands to think about their user personas and who they were servicing in the past couple years when there was incredible pandemic-oriented tailwinds. And how you pivot that towards really understanding what the psychology of a consumer is in the next couple of years, right? And, you know, your your personas, you might have a persona that that single persona might be five different ones if you dig deep and really understand, you know, what is that customer really caring about? And then in turn, ensuring that your overall experience, both pre-click and post-click, are guiding that consumer through the journey based on the psychology and, and the behavior that that they're enacting upon, based on what's happening in the kind of macroeconomic climate as well. So it's it's really interesting to, to think about how retailers are going to have to pivot in this next year as well. Think about
1: this, I West huge company. I shop them, you know, you know, every so often we're looking for furniture. Every single time I go to their website, they treat me like a new customer, a new visitor. They ask me for. I see a pop up that says, "Would you like fifteen percent off?" and they asked for my email address i have given them my email address umpteen times this is a major brand still treating every single visitor like the same one mm-hmm. and this is a big problem uh, that the industry is facing right now that we that need that we're working to solve and help help consume, uh, retailers with
0: so what what type of of brands does does just you know work with in respect to you know, guiding those brands through changing how they think about the customer journey and helping them to create those more personalized experiences.
1: Well, the first one would be a brand that respects and understands the importance of the customer. That's like the starting point. You have to have uh, you have to have that that team member inside the champion that is going to fight for the customer. And that you know often it's the you know, it's the e-com manager you know, it's not just a digital marketer. It's like this website needs to be, it needs to have, it's organic. And with, and whoever's in charge of it needs to own the entire tech stack. Because part of this customer experience, when you look at why Amazon's successful is, you show up, you're logged in. So they already know who you are. That makes for easy, quick payments. Um, you know, returns are going to be easy because it's built in the whole software. You know, you're going to get it next day or the, two days or whatever those basic elements well that econ manager needs access and management and connection with the shipping and fulfillment team you know it's it's understanding the the operations the organization within the company so that it's not it's not different teams pitted against one another it's working together and owning that communicating that value that they understand that that when you're on a product page this product is going to ship today and it's going to get to you this day because we're fully connected organization so what kind of organization is that you know these dtc brands i love them because the red tape's been removed and oftentimes they have a product that they're passionate you know they're focused on a singular solving a product problem for a customer and it's something that that people can be passionate about I like think being you have to be you know, as I look back at Sears Snowboard, we got to snowboard. We had to build snowboards ourselves. We became a, a manufacturer ourselves. It was it was fun. And how do you get that fun back into it? And part of it that we're looking at with our own company is, you know, we've been doing this for 12 years. And, you know, I as the company grew and built, and I we had different levels in our company of the department heads, et cetera. as I became more removed from the customer of the product mm-hmm. and what makes me passionate. You know, building cool like conversion tool. And so we ourselves, are, I'm making a point to get re engaged and connected so that, you know, we can build cool stuff just as people want to innovate new products. So, how,
0: how do you think about, you know, the personalized web experience and, and, you know, really creating that one on one messaging? How do you think about that versus CRO? Because, you know, I think that a lot of brands use CRO and, you know, a very broad, way um and you know we um, you, you and I come from the very early days of, of the internet in respect to performance-based marketing and what it was back then and yeah back then it was changing the colors of your buttons testing different headlines multivariate testing all this type of stuff to get incremental conversion lifts but nowadays it feels a lot different than doing just that and it feels like it's much more about the overall experience so I'm curious to kind of get your thoughts about you know, when when you think about the personalized web experience and the term CRO is thrown around to cover that, well, what do you see as the core
1: difference between the two? My unfiltered take yeah. on the... <laughs> please. <laughs> I've been you know, doing this for twelve years. You know, and conversion optimization, CRO, conversion. No one gives a shit. No one cares. If you say uh, we specialize in conversion, or hey, let's help you with the conversions. Like, yeah, that's great. Like, we don't have time for that. Like, let's go spend another hundred grand on ads. Or like, it's hard to get by. Um, customer experience, you can talk about that. Personalization, you can talk about that. Automation, you can talk about that. Retention, we can talk about that. But guess what? That all falls under the umbrella of what? Conversions. So, you know, part of really what I've been wrapping, you know, wrangling my brain around is understanding and how to communicate a methodology that kicks the complexity out and allows, you know, any business to kind of scale with it. You know, right now, if you spend, you know, anywhere from 10,000 to a hundred thousand a month, maybe you can, you can start seeing some improvement, but that's not realistic for, you know, SMB mid market companies. It's a really tough sell. Um, and so how do we go about this? You know, Yeah, I don't have the answer today, but you know, my goal of 2023 is really to turn heads and make make conversion cool, if we can. And the way we do this, we have to communicate the story. And what what I've my goal by 2023 is to have this methodology down. And what it starts with is looking at your traffic basics, the visitors. And if if a business, we can look at the first three months and we say, "Look, tell me about your traffic." Let's break it down into new visitors and repeat visitors. And what are your, let's tell me about them. What are your goals? Obviously, first time visitors, you want to focus on lead capture. And then with those, you can, you can break it down to, okay, let's focus on your top three audiences from that. Is it paid? Is it organic? You know, where, where is it coming from? Those three channels, let's run independent campaigns based off of them. And then when we look at repeat, it's broken into two parts. It's a customer that's bought before, or it's one of those first-time visitors that has you won back through different channel. Those customers you need to speak differently to. You don't want to show them a pop-up asking for their email because guess what, you already have it. So let's let's leverage that data channel they're coming in. If we start there and talk about and build these audiences from a very baseline level, we can then move forward. But until you do that. You're really going to go nowhere, and and you can have your average conversion rate of your site, which is where you have to start. But as we break apart these audiences, we can recognize we can boost each one independently by, say, giving someone coming from a Google paid ad that has a low, a higher bounce rate. Let's present, let's do some dynamic promotions. Let's give them a few extra points to get them to to convert. That's the thinking we need. But to do this, it's it when you look at it at scale, it's really hard to do. So you need to bring automation into this. Yeah,
0: I, I, I totally agree with you. And, and, you know, one thing I love that you said, which um, I can see as being in the hyper growth merch stores make conversions cool again. Um, it's true, right? I mean, it's look, CRO is it's a term that's thrown around and that overall customer experience is going to be crucial where you can really, you know, kind of bring it all into the fold. And honestly, there's a lot of emotions that are created when when consumers experience the brand that are subconscious and conscious. So really navigating that is is super helpful. So Great, great insight there, Eric. I've got one one last question for you that's that's kind of a big one um, and it has to do with just what's happening this year and you know, um, obviously inflation rates are going up, cost of capital is going up, layoffs around us in terms of every single business and tech and e-com. But I wanna know when you think about e-com um, and the brands that that are looking for that hyper growth, what are the the three to four things that you think brands should really be paying attention to this year? And especially if they're in that bucket of a $10 million brand, but they're looking to scale to 50, how can they look at this year as an opportunity and, um, you know, kind of lean into it? Well, what are, what are a couple of takeaways that you'd, uh, you'd think they should think about there?
1: I often, you know, use this analogy of like, you have your core customers and your core business and everyone wants to, like you know hypergrowth like this hypergrowth doesn't just happen hypergrowth starts like a nuclear reaction and you can't have that if you don't have your core customers in focus because they're the ones that are going to help amplify things and as you focus on your core you then get your outer core and and it and the core grows but to do that you have to be a customer centric company and what does that mean it means you want understand the experience that they want to have throughout from when they meet you through the entire process. And to do that, just look at Amazon. They've, they've achieved that. And how do you achieve that on your own site, your own brand? It can be done. And the, the nice thing is with all the, the apps and technologies available now, you can create a family of apps that that achieve this Amazon experience, I call it. And to do that, you really have to be in tune with with your customer and also your website and the shopping experience um, because customers, they don't have patience for, for brands. that don't, don't, don't get this. That's all right. There's no, there's no quick, there's no quick answer. It's more about <laughs> a, a methodology of understanding what your consumer wants. And you know, the other words, you know, what words are we hearing this retention? Like, how do you get that second sale? The way you get the second sale is you focus on that first experience. So if you blunder that first experience, they're not gonna shock with you again.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you there. And I think um that's probably where we're gonna see a lot of brands going this year, especially when you think about, you know, brands, some brands might be leaning into the cycle and uh, approaching it with the Warren Buffett mindset of being greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. Um, they might be the ones that are spending through, right? And allocating more dollars into into paid media and allocating more dollars into Retention and then other brands might actually shy away from new customer acquisition, and they might only focus on retention because it's a lower expense to to garner that revenue. So um, it's it's going to be an interesting year to see how it plays out. But that being said, Eric, really appreciate you jumping on with me. Really appreciate you sharing the story. Um, that's all the time we have today. But uh, to our listeners, uh, tune in for the next episode of Hypergrowth. Eric, again, the founder of Just Uno and a serial entrepreneur in the e-commerce space. Uh, someone that I would definitely hit up for anything that you need in terms of insights around personalization and really uh, how to navigate customer experience in the journey for your consumers. So Eric, thanks again. And uh, listeners, we'll talk to you soon.